Woof. Woof. Welcome to The Loaded Goat. I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And this week we're doing dogs, dogs, dogs. You dog. What'd you think of this? This was fun. Yeah. I'm not even a super dog person, but this was fun. Yeah, I mean, I would like dogs. I mean, I um, I enjoy dogs. It, it, this was just fun how you were kind of like, how did, where do all these dogs keep coming from? It was just great. Yeah, a fun episode. Yeah. How's everything going with you, Christopher? Oh, we're doing a little update. We uh, are. We are. Tell us about really your wife. Great. I recently lost 16 dogs. Let's see. Things are good. I'm going, you know, I'm going to a wedding pretty soon. I'll wear a tux. I'm going to look beautiful as ever. Shaved my beard, got my hair cut. I'm really ready for a fabulous fall. What about you? Well, you know, this morning I was told that this new co- this coffee shop that's by my house, I was told they, the owner there, the manager there told me they were going to be having breakfast sandwiches for the first time. They were going to start <laughs> offering them today. And so I go. I get there at 7.15 in the morning, and I asked them, I said, are you, I said, today the day you're selling breakfast sandwiches? They had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I felt really stupid, and it was a terrible way to start the day. Oh, well, I'm so sorry you got duped. You're going to have to move. I mean, it's just, you know, you tell a man, hey, come by Thursday, we're going to be selling breakfast sandwiches. You know, you keep your promises. got to follow through. you got to really- follow you really do. You really Have do. Have I told you my latest theory on coffee shops? No. So I like a cappuccino, but most of the places where I try to get a cappuccino, I get a latte. I try to get a macchiato, which is like a little, little bitty, you know, espresso with a little bit of foam on top. You get that, you get a latte. And so now I've decided that a lot of coffee shops are just a name your own price latte. So you're going to get a latte regardless. So you should just order the cheapest thing on the menu because you're going to get like macchiato is going to be like two fifty, maybe when a latte is going to be fifty or five dollars, you know. So you can really try to like figure out because you're going to get the same thing regardless, but just save yourself a buck. That's true. That's a good point. So there we go. Yeah. All right. Well, we're you know we got to eat fast. Wow, that was nice. I'm excited. We're like really connecting here. We're really kismet, and I think we're going to have a great episode. I think we're going to have a great episode, and you've just given people pearls on how to order a latte at a coffee shop. Yeah, I, you welcome everyone. Yeah. So this episode first aired on April 22nd, 1963, and it was written by Jim Fritzell and Everett Greenbaum. Greenbaum. Everett Greenbaum. They're doing uh, a lot these days. Yeah. Amazon Prime rated this episode 13 plus for foul language and violence. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, it was just so, I mean, it was kind of like tonight. You know, back in 1963, the Andy Griffith show pushes the limit. I watched it with my mother and I had to cover her eyes for a lot of <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, that, that scene where Barney, you know, basically goes into that profanity lace tirade about giraffes. It's just really uncomfortable. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of dishes when that happened. I thought it was Jack Nicholas. <laughs> Jack Nicholas? No, <laughs> you, you mean Jack Nicholson? <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. All right. We open at the jail with Andy waking Otis up, and he gives him some hangover wake-up juice, which looks like a raw, some raw egg, hot sauce, and some other things that'll just basically, you know, you know, open your open your senses. Great and expressive comedy from Otis here. It is, and but Hal Smith said the raw egg in the drink got stuck in his throat, so part of his reaction was real. <laughs> that's yeah. so terrible have you ever had this 
No, I mean, I, you know, I, I, as I've said, I feel like if you're in a situation like that, just go work out or eat some greasy food. And Otis does the right thing, but next by basically diving into some bacon and eggs. Yeah. Totally. Have you ever had something, a concoction I've like never, that? I've never had a raw egg and I've never drank a raw, every, every time I've had a raw egg, it's been in cookie dough. I've had a raw egg. I've had a lot of raw eggs. I've had raw egg. I've drank a raw egg before. <laughs> just bulking up. I think it was a dare in college. It tasted terrible. I, I but, can't. We have to move on from here. Well, you know, when in Rocky, that's a thing where yeah, he basically, so you know, he basically makes the drinks like five eggs. I'm just kind of like, what's the point of all that? Just cook it and, and you'll feel better. Yeah. So Barney comes in with the mail and he opens up a letter saying his application for additional funding for the Mayberry Sheriff's Department has been received and is being considered. And apparently an investigator from the state capitol is coming in. Otis says they don't need money, and he and Barney start having a tit for tat. And it's just, I mean, they're going back and forth. And it's the sh- the, the sh- way the scene is shot is kind of interesting because there's a back and forth with, and you can see Otis sitting behind him through that, yes. too. This is such a cute little motif they do when they gripe like a couple. I think it's adorable. And then Andy always has to be the one to break them up. Yeah, it's great. And then Opie comes in with some random dog that almost looks like a stray, but he doesn't kind of look like a stray too. It's hard to tell. I love funny looking. I don't, you know, dogs aren't dogs aren't for me. I think that funny looking dog though was so cute. For sure. For sure. And, you know, they pet him, they play with them and Opie asks if he can keep him. And Andy's kind of like, I'm going to end up being the one to have to do all the, you know, B or I'll end up being the one to have to do all the work here. But Andy finally lets him keep the dog. And have they fed the dog yet? I think they fed the dog. Yeah. yeah, They they get the sandwiches. Barney has a bunch of sandwiches. I get why he doesn't (laughs) want to give one up. And I rewatched a little bit because they they tear some off. They put it below the dog. And then when they zoom out and you're just watching the dog eat, they throw like a corner of the sandwich. It hits the dog in the nose. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. And later, Andy and Barney are walking down the street and... Opie comes up and says the dog just ran away. And so they go to the jail and the dog is back with three of his friends, which is just hilarious because they're all just hanging out and Otis doesn't know what to do. If you give a moose a muffin, it'll come back. Is that a Montana thing or is that a... uh, You give a moose a muffin is, I think it's like a children's story, but it's a saying. You should start saying it. It's a good one. Have Have you ever given a moose a muffin? No, no, they're way too tall. They're too tall. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, I'd be a little hesitant to walk up and try to feed anything animal that's bigger than me. Although I have fed giraffes before. You've, you've fed giraffes. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen all these pictures. Yeah. I have one of you doing that in my wallet. In your wallet. Yeah. yeah. You, you sure you don't have it in your hope chest or under your pillow? It's just in your wallet. What well, the duplicates? Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's not weird at all. Uh, the, Basically, they go to the jail. There's the dogs. They need to get rid of the dogs before the investigator gets there, and they get Otis to take the dogs, and Otis leaves with them. We cut cut to Barney cleaning out Otis's cell, and Otis comes back in saying all the dogs are gone. And they're kind of like, well, okay, this is, you know, this happens. And then Otis starts to leave, and a pack of 11 dogs come into the jail as we go to commercial. It is a pack of strays. It is a pack of dogs. 
So now that we're in the break, we're going to basically do a quick recap, I think, of what we think are the famous dogs in pop culture history. And I, I'm excited to do this, and I want to do one other frame before. Mm-hmm. That's talking, you know, there is a, what is it, Talladega Nights? They talk about the packs of stray dogs in inner cities. And once, and so like just collectively, I would like to put forward those dogs, but I have more specifics as we as we move forward. I appreciate you throwing those out as an honorable mention. Thank you. Who's your number five? I would say the you know, like he's, the truck from Dumb and Dumber. That's that a, I know the I know the truck. I I never <laughs> thought of it as a, an actual dog, but we'll go with that. Okay. There's so many scenes in that movie, but I still think probably them riding along and going, what's the most annoying sound in the world? And then he lets out the high-pitched scream in the car. That just makes me laugh every time. Yeah, completely. Yeah. For me, number five is Benji, who had a number of movies, but the 1974 original Benji was the last acting gig for Francis Bavier. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, really bringing it around. All right. My number four, it's more of a question to you. Can we count Babe because he wants to be a herding dog? Yeah, with all the number of dogs that have been in pop culture, I don't know why you're going for trucks and pigs. But yes, we can count Babe. Thank you. Babe is my fourth. I love Babe. Babe is a great movie. That pig is so endearing in that movie. Oh, that dog is, yeah. <laughs> that dog. Number um, At number four is Ren Tin Tin. Ooh, I just have heard people say uh, Rin Tin Tin, but I don't know what. I mean, Rin Tin Tin was a kind of a rescue dog. It was a series that started as a silent movie, as a series of silent movies. And it has been it has been going ever since. Got it. Okay, my third one is an actual dog. And I I don't actually know the original reference. But at one point in a Seinfeld episode, Jerry has to take care of a dog that's one of his seatmates. Um, the dog is very, very violent, and he refers to him as Cujo, which mm-hmm. I believe is a Stephen King reference. Yes, yes, it is. And so I'm putting Cujo from Seinfeld. Well, you know what that dog's real name is in the show? No. Farfel. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, Farfel and Seinfeld. Yes, yes, yes. Farfel and Seinfeld, yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah, not that's not that's not Cujo's uh, real name. It's not Farfel. It's, uh, but yeah, the, the <laughs> dog, dog on the show's name is Farfel. Number three for me is Lassie. Okay, classic. Classic. Number two for me is for all of our our listeners up in the High Line of Montana, Fort Benton, there is this pop culture dog named Shep that there's a big statue of him in town. And this is a dog from the late 1800s that went to the train station every day after his owner died for maybe like three years. Shep kept going back waiting for his owner to get off the train and the town would just kind of take care of him over time. And he's been memorialized as this leader of the High Line. It just sounds sad. It's super sad. It would be a very, very sad dog movie. Look out, Marley. Yeah. Number two for me is Scooby-Doo. Okay. 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 Number one for me is the smartest dog of all time, Wishbone, from the TV show Wishbone, where he was... He knew all of the classics of the American canon and would take his uh, owner through and teach them and young viewers like me on PBS about American novels. Was that a D- uh, Disney Channel show? No, it was PBS. PBS, okay. Amazing. That's how I learned about the Red Badge of Courage, Don Quixote. They're doing amazing stuff. Did you ever read those books? 
No, I watched Wishbone. <laughs> okay. All right. That's that's all you need to you do. Do it twice. You're like watching the Andy Griffith show twice. Uh-huh. I'm just kidding. Number one is Snoopy. Great dog. Great dog. Really good dog. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I we both, as Alan Newsom would say, they were lists. <laughs> All right, after the break, they're trying to figure out what to do. There's a suggestion to take them to the pound until Opie tells Otis that they gassed the dogs that aren't adopted, which, you know, they they really, Opie really is kind of the moral compass of the show a lot of the time, but definitely of this episode. And what did Barney say in response to Otis? Like, what are you, stupid? Yeah, what are you, <laughs> dumb? What are you telling him that for? Yeah. So... Andy takes Opie to get a soda and leaves Barney with the dogs. And Barney decides to load them in the squad car and drive away with them. When great, he, just by throwing a sandwich in the car. Yeah, they all just pile Scooch in. over, I'm driving. Scooch over, Cujo. <laughs> and then Andy and Opie return to the jail and they can't find Barney. And he comes in very proud of himself and tells them he took them out to the country and dropped them off. Opie is a bit upset. Like taking your dog up to a farm upstate. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit like that is really the, I mean, and that is really, you talk about 1963 versus today. If you said, yeah, I just had a stride of some stray dogs. I just took them out to the middle of nowhere and just dropped That's them. Bad. That's is that, isn't that, isn't that bad? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I assume it's not the greatest thing to do, but do they survive? I don't know. Has this been tested? I generally think, I mean, it's re- if you do it to your pet, it's considered to be just out and out, you know, cruel. I don't know what it's what it means if you do it to stray dogs. Okay. If yeah. you do it to a child, it's considered child abuse. I don't. Yeah, I knew. I know that that's bad. Yeah, that's that's bad. Yeah. If you do it to a cat, they'll take over the the you know the town. If you do it to a cat, you're you're a rotten human being. Guess what? It's what you are. <laughs> I see where you fall. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. A thunderstorm is coming, and in and Opie asks how they're going to do out there. They try also currently going through a thunderstorm as we record this. Oh, oh, you're okay. Podcasting. Yeah, method podcasting. All right, so they try to convince him. They try to convince Opie that everything is okay, and then Barney explains how the dogs are close to the ground and protect each other, unlike giraffes, which. Gives the great line where Barney says, "Boy, giraffes are just selfish, <laughs> walking around looking for out for number one, which number is just one. which is just great. Love it. And with each crack of thunder, Barney's mind starts to change, and then they go to they go to get the dogs. And this is just a beautifully written scene. Um, you hear the thunder in my background, though, because this would be a nice sound effect if we could if, if we could pick up some of this. We could add sound effects to this show if you actually applied yourself, but you know that's really I not did. going I to happen. The episode you did, you watched the episode, <laughs> and we had to record it immediately so you didn't forget about it. But this scene's beautifully written, and the giraffe speech is definitely a fan favorite for Andy Griffith fans. Love it. Yeah. They bring the dogs back to the jail, and they get a call that the investigator is here. So Barney sends Opie out back with the dogs. Um, the investigator I comes... I want a little scene of, like, of Opie in the back alley just, like, roughhousing with 11 dogs. Oh, I mean, I would think... all over him. That'd be hog heaven, yeah. So the investigator comes in and dismisses what they start to say. 
you know, because he's just looking around and asking questions. And he says, it looks like they have what they need. And he goes to open the back door and the dogs run in and just overpower him. And he's just, he's, he loves it. He loves these dogs. He said, it's a great pack of dogs and she says that he has three of his own and good he, hunting dogs. Good hunting dogs. He approves their funding request and we go to commercial. They can get whatever they need at any point. Yeah. Might work. Oh, another thing that I liked in this scene is they're going through and Andy's like, it's not going to work out. And Bart's like, it might work out. Might work out. Might not work out. Cute little banter. Cute little banter. Yeah, for sure. In the epilogue, Andy and Barney have gone into the jail, having dropped off the dogs with new homes. And in comes a farmer saying he's lost 11 dogs and they have to go back out there and get them. And this is kind of not even funny. This is just kind of a fairly somber ending. Yeah, it's not. That would be such a pain because, you know, it must have been so hard to give away 11 dogs. And then you got people showing up. Now, I granted, if I just take and randomly taken a, a dog and somebody said, actually, we found his owner, I'd be like, OK, take your dog. Yeah. Thank, that's great. Think, but no. For how much the dogs kept coming back to the jail, that they could have waited a couple hours to see if they come back. If not, well, they could probably pick it up. I mean, the thing was, it wasn't like, I mean, you, you, these dogs clearly had a relationship. It wasn't like they all, all of a sudden, just bumped into each other on the street and became a pack of dogs. They clearly came from somewhere. Yeah. Very sharks and jets. Yeah. <laughs> Very sharks <laughs> and jets. The, the, um, so, any final thoughts? I really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was fun. New storyline. It's good stuff. How about you? I did too. And I think it's always a good move when they add Otis to animal episodes. Yeah. Otis to animal. That'll be the name of our next podcast. Or, or it could be, or it could be what, you know, I figure I'm going to, you'll, you'll want to do like a boy meets world podcast and I'll have to do all the work researching <laughs> boy meets world. Yeah. Correct. That one's awful. Yeah. What, how many whistles would you give this? I'm going to give this nine. This is a good one for me. I'm going to give it eight. Yeah. All right. Now we're talking. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your, your podcast. And if you think about it, subscribe. Next week, we do Mountain Wedding. And until then, Christopher, boy, you're selfish. I hope you make your own breakfast sandwich.